to you. How many of you have a favorite superhero? Or, or when you were a kid, had a favorite superhero? Any? Like, no superhero fans? No. Who's your favorite superhero? Batman? Batman's not a superhero. Batman's not a superhero. Batman is a man in a cape and a cowl. He wasn't bitten by a radioactive spider. He didn't come from another planet. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rumble right up here. Come on, Mark. Let's rumble. Batman, Batman is a superhero. Sorry. Who's your favorite superhero? Superman. Now that is a superhero. In fact, superhero, Superman is my favorite superhero. I love Superman. I love the whole story of Superman. How, you know, he comes from another planet, you know, sent his one, and, and you know, I send you to Earth, my one and only son. What does that sound like? Huh? Yeah. It's like, oh, I love the Superman legend. And how, like, nothing, you know, he's able to, to uh, he's faster than a speeding bullet. Uh, oh, wait, uh, stronger than a locomotive. Uh, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the air, it's a bird, it's a plane. Yes, it is. It's Superman. And it's just awesome. He can fly. For crying out loud, Superman can fly. I love Superman. Always have. Always will. Just he's my favorite. That's Superman's my guy. He's a superhero. He has superpowers. Now, Batman is a, is a hero. He has powers. But he doesn't have superpowers. Then there's like Spider-Man, you know, bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, you got Spider-Man. He's okay. But he's not Superman. No, no, there's only one Superman. Love Superman. Now, in the dictionary under superhero, this is the definition that you'll find in the, in the dictionary. A fictional hero ex- having extraordinary or superhuman powers. An exceptionally skillful or successful person. So I suppose Batman could be the second half of that definition. He's exceptionally skillful. That's okay. All right, all right, all right. No more Batman versus Superman talk. Superman wins. Um, but, uh, but this definition, with apologies to Merriam-Webster, this definition is incomplete. Because really it's just, it's kind of like a half a definition, or maybe not even half of a definition. Uh, because it, it's really not half of, of what makes a superhero what a superhero really is. Superheroes are superheroes. Because they use their abilities in a specific context, in a specific way, to help a specific people. Superheroes help people. That's what a superhero does. Think about it. Batman, hero, helps the people of Gotham. He's got a specific context and he helps specific people in a specific way. Spider-Man helps the people of New York. Superman helps the whole world. No, no, he helps Metropolis. I know, I know. Okay, no more Superman talk. All right. But they use their powers in a specific context and in a specific way. If you are not, if you're a superhero and you are not using your specific powers in a specific way, in a specific context, you're just some dude sitting on a couch in a costume. That's all you are. If you're not helping people, if you've got superpowers and you don't use those superpowers, you're just a dude sitting on a couch in a costume. Having powers is one thing, but it takes action to be a hero. It takes action to be a hero. 
I want you to check out this quote from author Leon Bloy. He says, any Christian who is not a hero is a pig. Whoa. Man, that's deep. And it stings a little bit, too. It hurts. Any Christian who is not a hero is a pig. I want to be a hero. I don't want to be a pig. I don't want to be a pig. I want to be a hero. I am a Christian, and I'm called to be a hero. In fact, I'm called to be a superhero. Did you know that God has given you superpowers? It's true. God has given you superpowers, and he wants you to be a superhero. And he wants me to be a superhero. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to fly, although that would be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, to be able to fly, uh, and not like in a plane. You know, anybody can do that, but I mean to be able to soar like with birds, and that'd be awesome. But we're going to be superheroes in God's kingdom. Because remember, it's not about being famous. It's not about having movies made about you. Heroes take action. Superheroes take action. And they use their abilities in a specific context to help in a specific way. A superhero is someone who uses their, their abilities to help in a specific way, in a specific context. So loving your church is the hero that God made you to be. That's part of being the hero that God made you to be is loving your church. We've been talking about loving our church in this series we called, uh, called I Love My Church. And in fact, if you've ordered one of these wristbands, uh, they'll be in next week. Uh, they got ordered. They're, they're actually being delivered tomorrow. And uh, I ordered one for everybody who ordered one, and I ordered a few extra. So if you didn't get a chance to order one, you can get your very own I Love My Church wristband. Uh, if you order T-shirts, those are also on the way, uh, and uh, they'll be available for you next week as well. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about this morning and kind of put this on the back burner for a little bit is what heroes and Christmas presents have in common. Okay, we'll talk about that in just a little while. But first, I want to talk about uh, our superpowers that God gives us. Uh, So grab your bulletin, turn to page three to the handy dandy outline. You'll see there's lots of blanks to fill in today. And uh, we're going to do that right now. Paul is talking about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. I've got the words up here on the, uh, the scriptures up here on the screen for you. And this is from the New American Standard Bible. I typically preach out of the NIV, but today we're using the NASB. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Notice what he says in verse 6. Let me read it for you. Uh, The same God works all things in all persons. The same God works all things in all persons. What does this mean? First blank on your outline is that you have superpowers, spiritual gifts. You have superpowers. They're spiritual gifts. God gives each and every baptized follower of Jesus Christ at least one spiritual gift. You get one gift or even a couple of different gifts. But every believer in Jesus Christ, every follower of Jesus, has at least one spiritual gift, maybe more. And this is true of all followers of Jesus. A spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability given to serve others. 
Let me say it one more time. A Holy Spirit-empowered ability given to serve other people. That's what a spiritual gift is. It is a spiritual superpower, if you will. And it is something to be used in a specific context and in a specific way to help people. It could be preaching. It could be giving. It could be leadership. It could be mercy, serving, teaching, administration, discernment, faith, helping, knowledge, wisdom. These are all examples of spiritual gifts. could be encouragement. I've had somebody tell me before, I don't have a spiritual gift. I don't know. I, 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 God didn't give me one. Not according to Scripture. Because what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 6, is that God works all things in all persons. To each one, that's everyone, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Everybody gets a gift. And so this person says, I, I, I don't know that I have a gift. I, I don't have one. I said, I, I believe you do. And I think I know what that gift is. That gift is encouragement because this person likes to do things to encourage other people. That is a spiritual gift because we live in a world full of discouragement, do we not? Absolutely. People dragging you down, beating you up, tearing you apart, not lifting you up, not encouraging you. But this person I know, this person I'm thinking of, and they probably know who I'm talking about, has a spiritual gift of encouragement. They encourage other people, doing things like sending cards, making phone calls, praying. Did you know that I believe that praying is a spiritual gift because faith is a spiritual gift. And it takes a lot of faith to pray. And if you pray for other people and you pray in faith and you pray often for other people, I believe that is part of a spiritual gift. So be a prayer warrior. Exhibit that, uh, ex um, ex exemplify that spiritual gift of faith by praying for other people. Now, there are two things to remember about spiritual gifts, two important things to remember about spiritual gifts. One is God picked your gift. Okay, God is the one who picked your gift. That's the next blank on your outline. God picked your gift. This is affirmed for us in Romans 12, which we're going to study in just a second. But we don't get to pick our gifts. God, in his infinite knowledge and wisdom, in his infinite love and care and power, knew exactly what gifts we needed here at GFCC, and he knew what gifts to give you based on your abilities and your talents, your personality, your temperament. God put you together the way he wants you. He made you the way he wants you. And so he gave you a spiritual gift that complements you to be used, again, in a specific context, in a specific way to help people. So God made you. He picked out your gifts just for you. He knew what you needed. So don't waste time being jealous of someone else's gift. Well, I don't have the gift of preaching. Some of you are like, I'm so glad I don't have the gift of preaching. <laughs> right? Well, I don't have the gift of teaching. Or I don't have the gift of, of leadership. So I must not be that important. That's not true. Every gift is important. So instead of being jealous of somebody else's gift, develop your gift. What is the gift that God has given you? And, and, and get out there and use that gift. Use your gift. Make a difference. The second thing to remember is that it is a spirit-empowered gift. Your gift is a spirit-empowered gift. Um, how, many of you, uh, how many of you ever had a good teacher, like in school or something? 
You had, you had a good teacher, someone that really sticks out in your mind, you remember you, and you remember them and, and what a good teacher they were. And, and you may be thinking, well, I've had good teachers in my life, but I, I didn't know that they were a Christian or not. And, and uh, I don't even know if they loved God, let alone liked God very much. So how could they be a good teacher uh, if they don't have the spiritual gift of teaching? There is a difference between a spiritual gift of teaching and a natural ability for teaching. Different people have different natural abilities to do different things. But there's a difference between a natural ability and a spirit-empowered ability. In the book of uh, Luke, toward the end of the book of Luke, uh, Jesus tells the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on them, for they will receive, quote-unquote, power from on high. That Greek word for power is the word dunamis. It's the word from which we get our word dynamite. Now, Dynamite is powerful. It's explosive, right? I remember one Fourth of July, some people I knew, may or may not be related to them, but some people I knew found a garbage can and we had a quarter stick of dynamite. I mean, they had a quarter stick of dynamite. And I was like, they're like, what do you think is going to happen, Sean? I said, I don't know. I think it just might blow the thing right up off the earth. <laughs> no. No, completely obliterated this garbage can. It was awesome. I mean, it was very bad. It was, I mean, it was vandalism, and and it just wasn't. It wasn't the right thing. To, it was so cool, though. I mean, we were like freaking out because it just boom. I mean, just blew this garbage can to smithereens. It was awesome. That is, that's a quarter stick of dynamite living within you. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you believe in him, repent from your sins, confess your faith and get baptized. When the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you after you get baptized, you have dynamite in you. That was a quarter stick and it blew up a garbage can. Imagine a church full of Holy Spirit, dynamite filled believers and what we could do. We average about 175 in attendance on a Sunday morning, uh, but we probably got about 250 different people who attend here on a semi-regular basis. Could you imagine 250 people filled with dynamite, not in the bad way, in the good way, in the Holy Spirit way, filled with dynamite, ready to make an explosion in the middle of our community, in the middle of our neighborhood, in the middle of our town, in the middle of our region. What could to Jesus changed the world with 12 people. 12 people changed the world. What could 250 spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, Holy Spirit-powered people do? We could change the world, folks. I believe that. Do you believe that? Then let's do it. We have been given superpowers, supernatural abilities, supernatural dynamite in our hearts, in our church. And it is our church that Jesus bought with his blood. And he has given us this power to change the world. We can do it. So there is a difference between having a natural gift and a supernatural ability, a supernatural gift. Because a supernatural gift is led by. It is supported by, it is guided by, it is powered by, it is sustained by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God never runs out of power. There's a lot of difference between a natural ability and a supernatural ability. Think of it like this. How many of you, anybody like, any boxing fans? A couple of you, okay. 
when I was in high school, I used to go over to my friend's house and watch boxing matches, and uh, specifically one boxer in particular. His name was Iron Mike Tyson. Oh, I love to watch Mike Tyson fight. Loved. I'm not a big fan of his character, not a big fan of his personality, but I tell you what, when that man was in a boxing ring, he would like prowl like a caged tiger. He just stared at his opponent as he walked back and forth. If I'm on the other side of that ring, I think I'd rather be in the ring with the tiger than with Mike Tyson because I know he has really bad intentions for my face. And so, and, and then the, the fight would start, ding, ding, and he would come out. I watched him beat a guy in less than 90 seconds once. I mean, just knocked him out and didn't knock him out with a head punch, knocked him out by hitting him in the side, like in the ribs. And he went, oh, and he went down and he was done. In 90 seconds, 90 seconds. There were people who were really upset because they would buy expensive tickets to go to this boxing match. They'd go out to get a box of, box of nachos, and they would come back, and the fight was over. I paid $150 for this ticket, 20 bucks for these nachos, and the fight's over? But imagine getting punched by Mike Tyson. Oh, don't imagine getting punched by Mike Tyson. But imagine you know, a punch from Mike Tyson would hurt a lot. You know, Even in retirement, it still hurt. But that's nothing compared to getting a punch from Superman. Oh, that's a supernatural punch. That's a superhero punch. That's a superpower punch. That's the kind of punch that we have. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have this superhero, superpower ability within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit-empowered gift. Do you see the difference? That's the difference between natural ability and supernatural ability. You have an amazing ability to be used by God. So the natural question is then, what do I do? How do I find out what my gift is? I have three suggestions. More than just filling out a survey, more than just trying to figure out your gift that way. I got, I got three better suggestions, I think. Uh, one is to experiment in serving. Experiment in serving. Get involved. Try a ministry for a month or two. Serve in our children's ministry for a month or two. Serve in our youth ministry for a month or two. Get involved in a ministry, and then after a month or two, ask how it's going. Say, uh, Talk to the ministry leader and say, hey, how am I doing? How are things going? You feel like things are going well? Yeah, I think this is a really good fit for you. Or they may say, no, nah, I don't think this is the best fit for you. Go try something else. Now. But if it's going well, that may be a really good indication that that is where your gift lies. But if it's not going well, then try something else. Where are you seeing results? Where are you helping people follow Jesus? Because that's what it's all about, is helping people follow Jesus. It's what we want to do. The second uh, suggestion is to ask others. Ask others. People who, who you trust and people who love you and know you and know your talents and abilities and your gifts... They can help you see those things. They can help you see how God can use you in our church. When you hear, ask them, when you hear that list of gifts, that teaching, encouraging, leadership, preaching, and, and uh, helping, and mercy, when you hear those lists of gifts, what comes to mind when you think about me? And they may say, you're a really merciful person. Or you have a lot of faith. I've noticed that you have a lot of faith and that you really, you're a prayer warrior. I think your gift lies in, in faith. So, and, and this is not to give you a big head, but it's to help you discover how God has gifted you. And the people in our community can help you uh, know how to discover your gifts. And then the third one, the third suggestion is to check your energy level. 
If you find that you are serving God and it is just wearing you out, and it is just a drudgery and a dread, and you have no passion for it, and you just and, and you think, I can't believe I have to go do this again. It's the last thing I want to do. If that is you, then you might be serving in the wrong area. You might not have that gift. Let me tell you what energizes me, okay? Let me tell you where my number one gift is. My number one gift is preaching. And you're like, you, <laughs> you think so, huh? I love to preach. I get so geeked up on a Sunday morning. I'm out of bed, 5 o'clock, ready to go, ready to bring the sermon. Let's do this. I, I, I can't wait to preach. I can't wait to open God's word. I can't wait to, to help people follow Jesus through preaching God's word. I get really excited about this. I tell you what, Sunday afternoons are like a real depressing time for me because I get so energized on Sunday morning getting up to do the sermon that by Sunday night, I'm like, oh, I'm so drained. But it was so worth it. It was so awesome. I, I love preaching God's word. But there's other things that are drudgery for me, that, the parts, the gifts that I don't have, that I'm not very good at. And they, they, I do not look forward to them. And when it comes time to do those things, it's like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this again. Those aren't my gifts. Preaching, this is my gift. I love to do it. I love to listen to preaching. Last night, I was uh, watching uh, Saddleback uh, from California. Lee Strobel was preaching uh, out in Saddleback last night. And I, he said something so amazing last night that I can't wait to use it on you. I'm just telling you right now. I got, I got one right here in the back pocket, and it is, it is waiting for you. And I got a whole sermon series planned around it, and it's going to be, oh, 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 yes, it's going to be great, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I can't make any promises, you know, but... You know, we'll try. Um, but uh, if you look forward to serving in this way or in that way, check your energy level. And if you, it, if you are energized by that service opportunity and by that ability to use your gift, that uh, opportunity to use your gift, then that might be where your gift lies. It's a good fit for you. But whatever your gifts are, know that you are supernaturally empowered by God to, uh, when you become a follower of Jesus, to help people follow Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit in you. That is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And that is uh, God's design for you to use that gift to help people follow Jesus. Now, the next point on your outline is you have a superpower, a superpower team, the church. How many of you have seen the movie The Avengers? I can't say. I, I own it. I have it on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched it yet. Don't ask. Don't judge. Okay? I, I do things like that, and I, I don't know why. But um, it looks awesome. But think about it for a second. The Avengers are a team of superheroes. Uh, it's not just one guy. Thor can't save the world by himself. He needs the other Avengers. He needs a team of people to help him do what he needs to do. They need one another. And it's not just that Thor needs the Avengers, but the Avengers need Thor as well. Can't meet the needs of earth by themselves. They need one another. And that is God's plan for you and me. That we need each other. That we can't uh, get out there and do it all on our own. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. We need each other. And this bears out in Romans 12, 3 through 8. Check this out. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, 
So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, then in accordance, uh, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And those are just some of the gifts that God is able to give us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this complements 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Your gift is not given to you for you. My gifts are not given to me for me. Your gifts are given to you for me. My gifts are given to me for you. That's how it works. Our gifts are given to us for others. We don't function uh, in, in, in the same way. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't have, all have the same supernatural abilities because God gifts us in different ways. In his wisdom, he knows exactly what gifts are needed and how to put us together in such a way uh, that we uh, can work together to help people follow Jesus. We have different giftings in the church because we need each other. We are, as Paul says in verse 5, members of one another. We belong to one another. Your gifts are not yours. My gifts are not mine. My gifts belong to you. Your gifts belong to me and to everyone here. God designed GFCC with all of us in mind. You are not here today by accident. You are not a part of our church family by accident. You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. You are here because God planned it that way. He wants you to be a part of this family. He wants you to get involved. He wants you to serve him here. This brings about two things. One, it brings about humility, knowing that this is not about us. It's not about me and my gifts. GFCC is not about Sean. It's not about Pastor Sean. It's not about what Pastor Sean says. It's not about what, what Sean does. It's not about how Sean does this, that, or the other thing. GFCC is about all of us. We are GFCC. So we should be humble. We should also take responsibility we have a responsibility to use our gifts. God knows that someone needs your help. God knows that someone needs you. He needs you to be using your gifts so that they can experience God's working in their lives through you using your gifts. You can minister to them by using your gifts. And the fact is, is that God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. He wants us. He has chosen to use us as his vessels, as his medium, as, his, uh, pl- as part of his plan to change the world. And I believe that, that we can do that. He is bringing us together. He is mobilizing us together. He is teaming us up together. He is using us together. And yeah, there's strength in numbers, but strength in numbers empowered by God. Look out, world. Because here we come. We have supernatural strength. And we can change our church. We can change our, our neighborhood. We can change our community. We can change our town. We can change our whole region. If we will use the gifts that God has blessed us with. If we can use the gifts that God has empowered us with. And he has empowered us with them. We 
have superpowers. And you are part of a superpower team. Remember, remember this. Having superpowers doesn't make you a hero. Action makes a hero. So the last blank on your outline is the superpower team has a community and a city in need. A community and a city in need. Our church needs you. Our neighborhoods need you. Our communities need you. Our region needs you. And not necessarily you per se, they need Jesus working through you. God, in his wisdom and in his power and in his plan, decided that he would empower us with the supernatural ability to serve one another and to serve with one another and to serve the world around us. You know, our children's ministry needs people to model Jesus to little kids. Our children's ministry needs people to model Jesus to little kids so little kids can see Jesus in in the people of our church. Our youth ministry needs people to model Jesus for our teenagers. Our youth youth ministry needs people to mentor young people, to help them grow in faith so that they will learn about Jesus and give their lives to him and serve him uh, in the church when they get older. And now, if you will not use your gifts, no one else can. That's just the fact of the matter. If you will not use your gifts, no one else can. Only you have been given the gifts that God has planned for you to use. And God has a plan for you to use your gifts. The Bible says that God has prepared good works for you to do in advance. He has given you good works to do. And the good news is he has empowered you to do them. So go do them. We live in a world full of discouragement and pain and hopelessness. We live in a world that is in need of the love and hope of Jesus Christ. We saw that this last week here in Griffith on Friday, did we not? We saw a world of hopelessness in action. I don't know about this man's relationship with Jesus. I can't comment about that. I don't know. But I know that he lost hope at some point because he took his own life. And there are many, many people in our world. There are many, many people in our community Many, many people, there are people in our church who are losing hope or who have lost hope and they got no hope. But Jesus gives hope. Jesus can give us hope. He loves us so much that he gave up his life on the cross for our sins. He died to give us hope. And now we can have hope through him. And not just, oh, I hope that he comes back or I hope I go to heaven. No, it's a rock solid guarantee sealed in his blood that we will spend eternity with him. That is the hope we have through Jesus Christ. And in our world that has no hope, we have hope. And we can give the world the hope of Jesus Christ if we will use the gifts that he has given us to spread the gospel. What if everyone here, just in this room at this moment, what if we all used our gifts together to change the world? What if we all used our gifts together to share the gospel? What if we all used our gifts together to help people follow Jesus? What would happen to our church? What would happen to our community? What would happen to our, 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 our town? What would happen to our world if we all just decided, you know what, we're going to work together. And I'm going to use my gifts, and you're going to use your gifts. And we're going to change the world. 
We're going to be intentional about it. We're not going to sit back and wait for the world to come to us. We're going to go out into the world. We're going to reach out to our world, and we're going to show them that God loves them. We're going to show them that Jesus died for them. We're going to show them the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. Our world will be transformed. That's the goal. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't end until Jesus comes back. That is what we are called to do, to transform the world by the power of God's Spirit living in us and empowering us to change the world. I said something earlier about superheroes and Christmas presents. I don't know if you remember, but I want to touch on that for just a minute. What do they have in common? And what do they have to do with us as a church family? You know, we talked a lot about superheroes today, but not much about presents. How many of you like to get gifts? Like receive gifts? All right. Or, or when you were a kid, how many of you like to get Christmas presents as a kid? I should see every hand, because every kid loves Christmas presents, right? I mean, it's just part of being a kid. Imagine, go back in time, okay, to when you're six years old. Go back. Some of you, that's not a very long trip. Some of you, it's a longer trip, okay? I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. Think back when you were six. Your memory may be in black and white. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> right? So go back in time. You're six years old. It's Christmas morning. And you stumble from your bed and you realize it's Christmas. And you, you, you dart out of your room and you go out and there under the tree is a great big present. You'll shoot your eye out. Right? So. And you walk up to it and you're so, and you're like, meh. Meh. And you turn around and you go back. What kind of six-year-old are you? First of all, what kind of crazy six-year-old are you? But, but, but you see, that gift, it does you no good until you tear into it, until you open it up, until you, you experience what's inside, until you rip that gift open. When you are given a gift, you open that gift. You use that gift. You don't leave it just sitting there. So what does this have to do with us as a church? Your spiritual gifts are like that unopened present. If you don't open your gift, if you don't use your gift, it's like you're walking up to God saying, meh, and walking away. You have been given a gift. You are to use your gift. That is why God gave you to our church. Did you realize that? You are a gift to our church. Every single one of you is a gift to our church. Don't look around. Some of you, I know you want to look around and go, I don't know that she's a gift to our church. I don't know he's a gift to our church. You are all a gift to our church. Every single one of you. Believe me, you are all a gift to our church. Why did God give you to our church? He gave you to us. Why? You know, usually we'll ask the question, oh, what can I get out of church? I didn't get much out of church today. or I'm not getting very much out of my church. That's the wrong question. Eh, wrong question. It's not about what you can get out of it. It's why did God give you to our church family? Is it for teaching? Is it for leadership? Is it for encouragement? Is it for discernment? Why did God give us the gift of you? You're a gift. Don't be an unopened gift. Discover the ways that God can use you with the gifts that he has empowered you with. Be the gift that you are. Serve our church family. 
Serve God here. Serve our community. Use the gifts he's given you. Be a hero for Jesus. But don't just be an ordinary hero. Be a superhero for Jesus. I don't want to be a pig. I want to be a hero. And my prayer is that you don't want to be a pig either. Just sitting around on the couch getting spiritually fat and lazy. Don't be a pig. Be a hero. Get off the couch. Let's do something. Get out of the pew. Let's do something. I hope you had a chance to check out our ministry fair today. Some of the deacons may still be around uh, after service, second service today. Check it out. Go talk to them. Or, or uh, their names, I think, are still on the tables. You know, write down a name and just say, I got to find uh, Brandy Kelly and find out more about children's ministry. Do that. Get involved in the life of our church family. Because I believe in you. God believes in you. That's why he gave you that gift. You, me, we can be superheroes for Jesus.